This morning I am speaking, like Pam said, we're going on with our series of one anothering. Um, and I'm speaking on hospitality. And so for those who don't know, um, hospitality is kind of like our life at the moment. We have two little cafes, one in Walls End and one in City. So this is my like low-key attempt at being like, this is my TED talk. I'm talking about hospitality, guys, so welcome. Cam said I couldn't have a laser pointer, but whatever. We're moving past it. Um, so the scripture, um, for those who don't know what one anothering is, um, all through the Bible, there's these kind of commands or instructions to love one another, to serve one another. Samuel spoke last week about praying for one another. Um, and it is just the idea of creating this network within a church that is greater than just a two-hour meeting on a Sunday or just like having a familiar face that sits behind you. Instead, it's about creating um, church as a community that goes in through the week and in through our lives and actually just affects the way we do everything instead of just um, a, a little event in our calendar. So the um, one another about hospitality. Um, I've got two. One is Romans 12, 13. Hospitality is spoken about, firstly, all throughout the Bible. Jesus' whole ministry was around hospitality. He didn't go, he didn't do like tour of the church and like went, you know, every couple of days and spoke in a new church and got like different people up at the end or anything like that. Instead, he had meals, he had food, he ministered and he discipled over this idea of showing hospitality to um, one another, whether they were strangers, whether they were his friends or whether they were even his relatives. Jesus showed hospitality and practiced it through the whole Bible, through the New Testament, I suppose. Um, so Romans 12, 13 says, contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. And then 1 Peter 4, 8, 9, which is the one another one, it says, Above all, hold unfailing your love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Practice hospitality ungrudgingly to one another. And I love that in both of those scriptures, it says um, practice hospitality or other versions say pursue hospitality. And it just creates this idea that it is a continuous action. It's not a once a week thing. It's not a yearly thing at Christmas or Easter practicing hospitality is more of a lifestyle and a mindset and a change of heart than it is anything else. So um, I love hospitality. I, um, I work in the cafes that we own and I honestly just count it as um, a weighty responsibility and a real privilege that I get to see the transformation. And, you know, between strangers coming in and us calling them by their weird coffee order and then a couple of weeks or months or even a year down the track, they're actually really good friends of mine and something that we like to say at Wildflower is that we are in the people industry and coffee for us is just a front at the moment to be able to serve people and to love people and to connect with people in our community and that is something that we practice wholeheartedly and authentically, that we're not about customer service, but we are about serving people. And we say that to our staff daily, that whatever you need to do to serve that person and meet their needs and, and see what they need and make their day, you do that. It's not about customers, it's about people. And there's like a slight mindset shift, but it is one that um, streams through the whole business. And I really hope that if anyone's been at Wildflower, they're like, yeah, so true, instead of like, not. <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> thanks, Jack. Who was that? <laughs> um, but 
like I said, I really believe that hospitality changes people so much. I have customers who text me now, customers who bring me books that they think I'd love, they call me, they ask me for prayer, they seek me out. And it's these are people who um, have only been able to open up their lives because we're in a position to actually serve them. And so there's just this idea of a special anointing or, or something really precious about the idea of hospitality and serving people that changes lives from this row kind of mentality. You know, you go up, you get your coffee, you go to work, you do, you do your thing, instead of going in and being interrupted by the idea of community. So that kind of hospitality that we do at the cafe and you guys would do all like throughout your spheres of life, that's really, um, I suppose, hospitality to people who aren't in church and who don't yet know the Lord and things like that. And that is a really important part of any Christian's life. And it should be such a main focus, always um, taking what you learn and what you feel like God is revealing to you and going out to people who don't yet know the love of Jesus and being able to share it with them. But for the sake of one anothering, I want to speak mainly today about one anothering and, and practicing hospitality within the church. So within the people in these four walls, or however many weird walls there are. Like, I always like think about four walls, but like, is this a wall? How many are there? Who knows? Um, but in this kind of room, you know, so um, before I kind of go forward and um, like unpack this idea a little bit, I'd just love to pray. Um, so would you join with me that just seeking the Lord? God, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. And thank you so much for a word that speaks to each of us differently, God. I just pray that this morning I would be able to step aside and let you minister to each heart in here, God. And that as we learn more about serving one another and loving one another, that we would just become um, a a network and a community of people, God, that would just put light inside our communities, God. And as we light up the community, it would just go through this country, our town, our community, our state, um, and just be able to minister to others, God, and that we would see your gospel spread like wildfire and that we would see revival and we would see the name of Jesus break chains and we would see see your spirit um, commend sovereignty once more, Lord. And we, we pray that um, these services would always honour you and the way we move forward from here into our Mondays and our Tuesdays, God, that we would be able to honour you in the same way. We love you so much and we pray in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, so I had this like great analogy and then I remembered that Emily Dunn is like usually in here and she's a respiratory specialist, but she's not here this morning. So I'm going to go ahead with the analogy and everyone just move with it. Jeff Booth, don't look at me. Um, but the more I kind of learned about hospitality within the church, the more I kind of felt like hospitality, you know, um, for those who don't know, the church is known as the body of Christ. So um, there's lots of scriptures in that kind of teaching analogy, and that's one that Jesus teaches and things like that. But within the body of Christ, it kind of feels like hospitality is like the lungs, and it, and it um, causes oxygenated blood to go through all of the limbs and all of the organs and lets us actually be able to move into our community with life. And, you know, without oxygenated blood flowing to your hand or whatever it will die and it will decay and it will no longer be of use. And so the idea that hospitality just like breathes new life into church is so accurate and so encouraging. And that's the kind of power that I think hospitality in a church really has. Um, so 
I have been in church for five years now, and um, to be honest, I barely remember any of the services when I first started coming. I'm sure they were great. I'm sure they were awesome, and I, I will admit in front of Pam that I barely even remember any of the messages, but they're, they're still available on the podcast app, so if you want to go back, I should listen to them. Um, but some things that I do remember really distinctly is the hospitality that people showed me, and I can seriously trace um, really transformative times in my life back to these kind of events or encounters, and I just want to share three different ways um, or three different examples or testimonies, whatever you want to call them, of when I first started coming to church, um, just so you can rewire your thinking bet- behind like showing hospitality is not just like the Martha Stewart Pinterest perfect dinner party. Like it can be, it can be any extension where you open up your home or you open up your life or you open up your resources to be able to have someone else come in and have that transformation with them. I know that when I've gone to Thomas and Jody's house a few times now, the first time I barely knew them, but now I, they're, they're good friends of mine. And that is the transformation that hospitality really has. Um, so when I first started coming to church, I had um, three friends here, or three people I knew here. Um, Jared, Beachy, and Joel, who was on the screen. And every single week, we would go and get breakfast before we came to church. And I was not uh, instantly radically saved kind of Christian. I was still out on Saturday nights till maybe three or four in the morning. And every week I would message Beachy saying, like at three being like, hey, I'm probably not gonna come to church. I still out, big night at work or whatever. You know, lies, feral Cheryl over here. And, And every single time Beachy would say, I'll be at your house at seven. And I would be like, and so he would come to my house at seven o'clock, wait outside, text me saying, hey, I'm here. And I would still be asleep because I got home at four, 4.30. And I would be like, and then I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll be like 15 minutes. I'm going to have a shower. Like I was like not a faithful friend to Beachy. But every single week he came, he showed up to my house, he picked me up. They took me out for breakfast and we went to church. And they did that week in, week out as a sacrifice to their own morning. Beachy, and he, Beachy was never like, oh, come on, girl, get it together. Every, every week, he wouldn't take no for an answer. He'd say, I'm outside. I'm ready to go. And it's that kind of faithful friendship and faithful sacrifice where he extended hospitality to me that actually meant that in a, in a time of my life that I should not have been at church. And it was just like, the relentless friendship that meant that I could stand on my own two feet before Christ. So you're such a good friend, Beachy, such a good friend to me. And I will never forget that. He used to come from Merriweather to Mayfield to come to, to go to New Lambton. Like it was a mission and a half, but you made it happen. I'm very thankful. Um, the second one is um, Nikki Bright was the, was the first person I spoke to at church. And I was just sitting out the front by myself and she came up to me and she said, hey, and just started this really awkward conversation. And I was like, hey. And then she told me that she has two rabbits, that she used to work at McDonald's, that she got saved when she was 18, all of these different things. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she's like, hey, do you want to go out for dinner? And I was like, oh, okay. And so so she took me to church, uh, to dinner. She took me to dinner. We went to Goldberg's. And the whole time, 
Nikki endured these, endured these questions from me that were totally inappropriate and totally something that you could not ask someone at church and was just so gracious in how she answered. I've, I have a distinct memory and I just cringe at in hindsight now. Questions about Christianity and Christians and what they're like and what they do and what church is for and all of these things that she just graciously sat through and was beautiful with me and was kind and patient and insightful and not judgmental at all and then she paid for dinner and and then I met her at church the next week and I was like you're my friend and and the week before she was that weird lady with the bunnies (laughs) and still to this day she's one of my best friends with the bunnies And, and that is the transformation that hospitality has. She didn't, she didn't take me out with the intention of changing me, but she took me out and gave an opportunity for me to change. And that is the, that is the kind of like sacrificial heart behind hospitality. And then the third one is that um, I even rang Jeff this week to talk to him about this, but when I first became a Christian or first started coming to church, I was at Jeff and Di's house maybe three times a week. Sometimes I would just invite myself. We would have dinner. They would, I would come and pick up books. And it is, in any other situation, the most unusual friendship. We, have, we would have had nothing else in common except for the fact that we were all kind of new to church. And still, I would stay for dinner. I would stay for lunch. I would take leftovers home. And they opened their house to me in such a way that was so generous and, and gave me a space where I could come and um, just have a deeper interaction than I could at church where I was learning about things I didn't understand and didn't have insightfulness about. And it was because of the generosity of them opening their house that it went from me awkwardly standing in the foyer and taking my shoes off and like creeping through. And then, you know, the more I kind of went, the more comfortable I got, I would offer them drinks and things like that. And it was just because they didn't keep their home closed. Instead, they opened it up and just um, were so beautiful. And they're some of my closest friends now, honestly, not because of anything I did, but because of everything that they did and because of the common thread that we all have is that we were all sinners once and we were all uncomfortable in church once. And the fact that somebody who has been here for a little bit longer than us reaches out and said, hey, like, come to my house, like, we'll hang out, it'll be cool, is, it changed my life. And I know that my salvation lies in Jesus alone, but I can say confidently that I would not be up here and I would not be in this room if it was not for people like Jeff and Di, the Beaches and the Brights and so many others who extended that generous hospitality to me, like, just out of interest. Who in here has been personally blessed or... Um, generously loved upon by the beaches, the brights, or Jeff and Di? Raise of hands. Like, and imagine if the same, the same reaction could be said about everyone in us, every one of us in here. That, you know, everybody has been loved and lavished upon by the Binghams, or everyone has been, you know, welcomed into their homes by so-and-so. Like, that would just breathe such a new life into church that we wouldn't rock up on a Sunday as strangers or as people who, I kind of know your face, but I probably wouldn't recognize you on a Wednesday. Instead, as, as friends and as a family and as a body of Christ, that is the oxygenated blood that will just pump through and breathe new life into the church. Um, John Piper 
wrote a sermon called Strategic Hospitality. And in it, he said that when we practice hospitality, we experience the refreshing joy of becoming conduits. Is that how you say that word? Conduits of God's hospitality. I read the sermon. I didn't listen to it. Um, <laughs> let me just start again. When we practice hospitality, we experience the refreshing joy of becoming conduits of God's hospitality rather than being self-decaying cul-de-sacs. The joy of receiving God's hospitality decays and dies if it doesn't flourish in our own hospitality to others. Hospitality is a two-way street. And probably when I first started coming to church, I was not in a position to invite anyone to my house. But because of the generosity extended to me in my time of need, not just that I was new in church, but because I had needs, now I'm in a position to be able to offer that same handout and that same open door to people who need now and people who are in that position now. And that is how the cyclical nature and the two-way street of the body of Christ works. We live so we can strengthen one another. We build each other up. We speak life into each other. We encourage one another so we can go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. That is the Great Commission, but we cannot do it if we have... Um, pulling blood in our limbs or if we have decaying um, organs or anything like that, we need the blood of Christ to be going through us in a way that is healthy and is safe and is um, energetic and is new life. Um, pause. Gail and Louie, it's your anniversary. Woohoo! Where's Gail? And your anniversary. Louis's been like telling me for weeks that he that I have to give him a shout out and the good message. So I just saw you and just remembered. Um, side note: I didn't know Louis when he first he Louis was coming into the cafe at the first time at the same time as he started coming to church. And so I didn't know him except he was the guy who worked at the hospital. And then he came in on his way to the hospital every morning and we became really good friends. And now Louis and Gail, we went to their house the other day. They're great friends of ours. That's the transformation of hospitality. Love that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so practicing hospitality is the great transforming machine. People come in strangers and they leave as friends. And imagine if we all took to opening our houses to people that we do not know in this church. Imagine that you invited someone in and you found someone with the same passion for the same ministry as you. And just like that, an idea is born and a need, and like specific need is met in the community as a result of it. Or imagine if you were talking to someone who's looking for an employee with your exact skill set. Or imagine if you found out someone is going through the same heartache and the same pain you went through five or 10 years ago, but now you are perfectly positioned to help them. We are supposed to be the body of Christ. And you can see when I say it like that, how hospitality is the way to breathe new life and new zeal into a church throughout the body to make sure we are all alive and well going out into our community. Um, 
I also was just really challenged by this idea that we live in a culture where we all build high fences, we've all got electric garages, so you just drive on in and you don't even have to see your neighbours or anything like that. And in, in a culture like that where even when you're in public, you put your earphones in and you don't even have to, have to listen to anyone. Let us be a church who lives with open arms and open lives and open houses for one another. And why should we do that? Why am I saying it? Why is it even important? It's important because Jesus did it. And all through his ministry, he taught and he discipled and he encouraged and he even rebuked over meals, over this personal interaction, not from a platform, but where it's personal, where there's a relationship. Because there's that, that precious, powerful anointing over sharing a meal. Um, I actually, prior to like maybe this morning, was gonna like wrap it, wrap it up there and say, you know, that Jesus has extended the great hospitality to us and we love others because he loved us first. But God challenged me so much this morning um, about the Last Supper, which is probably the most famous um, the famous meal in the Bible. Um, but because it was then that Jesus extended us the greatest act of hospitality. And in Jesus, we find ourselves to be the outsider who has been loved. We are the sinner who has been saved. And we were the stranger who were welcomed. It says in Romans 5, 8, that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And welcome strangers should always be quick to welcome other strangers. Why? Because we know the feeling. And if you've been in church for a short while, you know the feeling of being uncomfortable when you walk in, of hoping that no one will look at you or call you out from the platform or you know, even come up and talk to you because it's so uncomfortable and cringeworthy. But it is the extension of hospitality that, um, that breaks down those barriers and enables friendships and relationships and fellowship to grow. Um, and just like hospitality... When you accept the invitation to partake in Jesus' hospitality, you will always leave changed when you come into his presence. And whether it's your first time accepting the extension from Jesus or it's your hundredth, you will always come out changed. You might enter as a stranger saying, hey, I don't even know if I believe in this. I don't even know if I believe you are who you say you are. But you will come out after a true, authentic encounter with God changed. He will be your friend. He will be your father. He will be your saviour. He will be your God because Jesus will always have fresh manner for you, fresh love, fresh revelation. When you enter his presence, he will transform you once more. So at the Last Supper, famous meal, Jesus offered himself as the living water and the bread of life. When he died on the cross, the invitation was extended to all sinners who had, had, who had enough faith to believe in him. And you know what the good thing about great faith is? It has so little to do with you and your faith and so much to do with what you are putting your faith in. It has so much less to do with us and so much more to do with Jesus. Jesus Christ wasn't just the hospitality master and the great moral example. He became an outsider. He was abandoned and betrayed and beaten so we could experience the great hospitality of being welcomed by the Father as sons and daughters. He put his own need for the community 
or he put his own need for community, his need for acceptance and fellowship aside to carry the weight of our sin. And this morning when I was challenged, I was just going to finish up. It was going to be a great lighthearted message. I felt so strongly that people do not know that the invitation is extended personally to them, for them to be able to come to the Lord's table, for them to be able to share in the sacrifice of Jesus and know that they are a welcome, treasured, perfectly valued guest, that they can come as they are to the table of the Lord and be called worthy and be called loved and be called redeemed, not because of who we are, but because of the Jesus Christ that we have great faith in. And so we've got our amazing host team. They're going to come out the front. Um, And Ben, you can probably come up too. That'd be awesome. Um, And instead of walking around communion and handing it out, they're going to stand at the front. And the invitation is, is extended to each of you. And please, if you don't feel comfortable, no pressure at all. But bless you, whoever that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but there is an invitation that is accepted so that is extended so personally to you. And the story goes like this: Jesus took the bread. He's sitting with his disciples before he went to the cross. He gave it to the disciples and he said, "This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, "This cup is the new covenant." in my blood, which is poured out for you. That is a personal extension to you, to each person in here today. That if it was only you in here today, that extension would be worthy. That invitation would be worth it. That blood that Jesus shed on the cross, He said, just for you, it is worth it. An accepted invitation means today that you will not leave this encounter unchanged. Take these, if you're comfortable, please come forward. Accept the invitation, accept God's hospitality to you and believe and declare that you will not leave unchanged today. This is a chance for us to remember that Christ died for us and extended the invitation while we are, while we were still sinners. So we are free and encouraged and um, just... We have the honour to be able to invite others and live sacrificially for them, live generously for them, have open arms, have an open heart, have open houses to other people in this church because that is what Jesus died for, for for us when we were at our worst. So the worship band's going to play. Come and take the elements if you're comfortable. This one is gluten-free. This one is gluten-free. They're multi-grain. Um... But, don't look at me, Vichy. But it is a true and sincere invitation. And my prayer is that if you have never accepted this invitation before, this would be something that you change in your heart and you believe with your mouth, declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is who He says He is and that you are who He says you are. Let me pray for you guys. Take communion in your own time. Enjoy it. Worship God. Come before Him with a willing heart to be changed this morning. God, we are so thankful for Your sacrifice, Lord. And we know that we can only extend hospitality and generosity and true love to people because of what You have first given us. God, You are such a good God. Your blood is so worthy. 
We will never go hungry without you, Lord. Help us this morning to be changed. As we serve one another, we thank one another, God. Let it be reminded that this community exists not for affirmation, not for morality, God, but because of you. We are your body of Christ, God. Breathe new life into us, new wine this morning and throughout this week, God, as we extend hospitality to one another as you have done unto us first. We love you so much, Lord, and we pray in your precious, redeeming, saving name. Amen.